Ms. Peko, now Washington accuses Beijing of imperial ambitions in Asia and unscrupulous trade policies aimed at dominating the industries of the future. What does this tit-for-tat scenario say about the future of international trade? Yeah, so, I mean, there are a few things. The one thing is that the World Trade Organization has become is increasingly irrelevant. That's supposed to be the institution that governs all multilateral trade agreements and the terms of, uh, the terms of engagement. There have already been complaints over the last 20, uh, 24 years of its existence, particularly by countries of the global south, that it is already a skewed in the favor of particular countries, especially um, you know, countries such as the U.S., Canada, Japan, and so forth. And increasingly, countries like China and India are playing an, a very disruptive role in that narrative. So that's the one thing. The second thing is that it also shows that, there's a, that the world understands, including the U.S., which has c- traditionally been fairly uninterested in, in multilateral um, trading blocks, that the, 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 the economy is, is integrated for better or for worse, and that um, there's no such a thing anymore as primarily um, American products or American jobs. And I think that what Mr. Trump is, is punting for is really a fantasy. So I think he's, he's misunderstanding quite fundamentally the way that international trade works. We can quibble that, um, of course, it is skewed in favor of northern powers, of northern economies, and that the terms of engagement for the global south are extremely onerous um, and, and, and quite um, colonial in many respects. However, um, I mean, the idea that, there's no, that, that American jobs are being, are being taken is really quite untrue because a lot of the automotive industry in the states relies on goods that are produced in where? China, for example. Mm. Uh, so I think that um, he's reading it quite wrong. Mm. Now, the impact on emerging countries has been felt. Turkey, for instance, the lira there lost half of its value. You also mentioned India, Brazil, Venezuela. But what will be the impact on South Africa and the African yeah. continent? And will we be perhaps the collateral damage if this trade uh, spat escalates? So there are a few things that could happen. Um, I think, I mean, Africa, Africa has been, has African as a continent, African countries as a continent have begun to rely increasingly on China as a trading partner. And we've seen that countries like um, Nigeria, um, Mauritania, um, the Ivory Coast, for example, all want to join what has been called China's, uh, the China Belt and Road Initiative, which is a huge infrastructural program um, that has been announced. Uh, even Zimbabwe has also has announced this. We're also aware that China has offered to invest about 15 billion um, U.S. dollars in the South African economy. Uh, and now, my, my, there are things that could happen. I think that this gives us the opportunity to look at our own industrial policy much more creatively, particularly when we consider the particular tariff, um, the particular goods which are impacted by this tariff war. Things like this, computers. Um, furniture, um, wooden furniture, converters, um, road wheels, most of which are encompassed somewhere in our own industrial policy. Uh, now, the, we've already seen that the RAND has taken a bit of a kick um, as a result of the increasing strengthening, um, the strange strengthening, I think, of the dollar U.S. What we have the opportunity to do is to do something very different with our fiscal policy now across um, Africa, the African continent and the global south. Interest rates have been, have been Height, inflation is already climbing up in response to this. Um, what also a devalued 
uh, Chinese yuan could potentially mean is that um, goods could come in for even less, which I don't think is particularly good for African countries. What I do think, however, is that what we should be able to do right now is to leverage um, against some of the, you know, the, the Southern Africa, particularly SADC, um, the SADC agreements that we've already signed on industrial, uh, industrial, uh, industrial policy and so forth, um, infrastructural development, um, in, industrial and technological development within the region. This gives us the opportunity as well to remember that while the U.S. and, and China are having this spat, they will be trade diversion. So trade diversion merely means that if they're not going to buy from each other, they will need a home for their market. What kind of tariffs and tax arrangements can we put in place to continue to ensure that our own markets are protected? And given that they are now going to be looking for international markets other than each other, we have the opportunity to shift the terms of our own engagement and to make our own sorts of demands. I think that what, what has been a bit tiring is that we behave as though we are, we are passive. We are passive um, recipients of um, you know, either Chinese or U.S. largesse rather than as actors and, and change agents in our own in, in economic and industrial um, in, in narratives. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, that was the Senior Research Fellow and Political Economist at the Trade Collective, Lebo Hong Peko.